Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You living up you living up to your name? Always. always. And it's crazy how uh Your name really means something. Yeah, but yeah. like how it always come into fruition, even when you don't even know. Because you because you understand, like it's it's just like anything. Like you you know, you got power in your words, right? Mm. So it's like your name alone, like somebody calling your name every day of your life, all mm. the time. Eventually whatever that name is, it's gonna come true. Facts. You know what I mean? No, it, it, even like it's funny because like even when it kind of nicknames, when it come to like business names or whatever, and like you make some up. At first, it was like something just fun. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. As as you progress, you start to be able to create new ways mm -hmm. and things like that. That's why it's funny when like I see kids named like Lexus, and Lexus. like you know what I mean, or, like yeah. the, the shorty name Mercedes, and I'm yeah. just like, all right, <laughs> that, yeah. that's the extent. <laughs> man, how was everything going with you, man? Man, blessed, man. That's I'm blessed. Good. I can't complain. You've been doing the music thing for like six yeah. years now. Yeah, professionally. Yeah. When did you get? I feel like the Beyonce project couldn't have been that long. Okay. No, it, was, it, it came out to 2019. Damn. Oh, yeah. that was a few years ago. Yeah, man. Wow. What's that, had, four years ago? We had a pandemic, man. Bro, how has things been since then? <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Like, it's, it was interesting because when it came out and the pandemic hit, it kind of just shut everything down. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where it was, just, it was just weird because it was like I couldn't really promote it. I couldn't really, like, go out and do shows or nothing based on that record. But it was it was good, you know what I mean? Because I still had that, you know what I mean, that calling card. Because one of the things about that name is like when you walk into a room and you're associated with that name, it's a small club. Mm. So you know what I mean. So when you're able to kind of say, you know, I did this with this person, like it's a whole different ball game. Facts. Yeah. Yo, which what has changed since then for you? I think um, I think that 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 cosign by itself kind of just gives me a level of. Um, certainty you know what i mean mm -hmm. a level of like just confidence and then also it gives people confidence in me as far as what i'm going to present to them what i'm going to give to them because mm -hmm. when that name is associated with you it very much just says like oh there's a certain level that instead of standard that you have to have to even be in that room with her so it's like you know what i mean when i even when i walked in the room and i was working with the other artists and the other producers on that project I just realized, like, man, everybody in here is like Grammy award winning, Grammy mm -hmm. award nominated. Like, these are these are the goons of the industry, you know. So when I realized that, I was just like, all right, cool. It kind of gave me a stamp that I didn't expect to have, mm -hmm. and it's made it a lot easier to just really walk into the rooms and have confidence that you know I'm one of them as well. But from 2019, right after mm -hmm. you do it, after you get the buzz, the everything, everybody rocking with you. But from then to mm -hmm. now, what you think was the biggest the biggest change for you and the music you make, the music you write, mm -hmm. et cetera. I really got to see, when I got to see kind of her machine, right? To understand that like she does a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and has her hand in everything. It made me look at the way I kind of like carry myself as an artist, carry myself as a brand and just really lean more heavily into like branding myself mm -hmm. into creating, you know, the name, not just the name, but just like the structure that is the brand. So in the beginning, you know, it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm tinkering with the sound, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out what the sound means, who my audience is and those type of things. But when I really got the chance to work with her, I was like, oh, OK, I get it. Like, this is a whole thing. Like, you got to build a machine behind it to make it move. And, you know, what I mean, like the blessing for me is like 
I was already building the machine, but just not knowing that's what it was. Mm. You know what I mean? I was already kind of doing a little bit of everything and already had kind of like my background in everything. So when it came to actually being an artist and standing in front and, you know, one thing that I really just get complimented on is that like, I know what I want and who I am. And that's mm. because I spent the time to really flesh it out, figure it out. You know, and once I got to that point, I was like, oh, I'm good. And I see, I'm more so curious about you personally because I feel like, I think you don't have a lot of stuff on YouTube. Like, I think it was mm -hmm. like one interview, but it was like old. It was with some white guy or something like that. And yeah, you look yeah. super young. Yeah. You look way different. Like, you don't even look like <laughs> the same person. That's why I was wondering, like, you definitely put, I want to say more because it was one interview. Mm -hmm. Who knows? You could have just been chilling. Mm -hmm. But it was like, it seems like you put more into the image, more into the brand itself. Yeah, yeah. And I was wondering, did that come over the time, over the years? And this is like way past, because mm -hmm. now it's four years. I yeah, mean, it's very when did, intentional. When did, you, when did you start to say, I have to be more intentional with my brand and my image? I think once, once I signed the recording deal, I think for me, like, mm. I just went into it knowing that, you know what I mean, now you're you're the face of it. So once you become the face, you also got to be, you know, the image. So once I really, you know, put that in perspective, I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I gotta hit the gym. I gotta, you know, get get different gear. I gotta, like, you know, what I mean, I gotta really paint the picture for myself and for like, you know, those involved. Because for me, like, it's really important that what you see is is really what you're getting. Like, you mm -hmm. know, what I mean, I never wanted to be somebody who was faking what I was or trying to be more than I was trying to be. I wanted it to be very clear that I'm, you know, the individual that I am and the artist that I am is very much so someone that matches with the art that I'm creating. Now, was that you or was that? the was that the record label pushing it on you or was nah, it kind of both that was always me really that was always me like everything about me is is very much so something i designed mm. none of this is by accident like i don't mm. i you know what i mean i didn't go into this you know with anybody looking to influence me like i'm an artist you know what i mean so at the end of the day like this is my art so i take mm. it you know what i mean i take it like incredibly seriously so for me i had to be very intentional because at the end of the day i realized if i don't know what I am and who I am, they're going to tell me mm. who I am and what I am. And that's the worst thing you can do. Cause then you're gonna to have to be pigeonholed to whatever it is they paint for you. And if that's not you and they paint it for you, like you're gonna be you be gonna be dancing a song that you ain't, you know, you ain't even write. That's a fact. Yeah, I'm curious to know how, how much of your your upbringing, how much of an impact that has on your writing and your music. Because like you have a yeah a deep <laughs> history of like just Shit. Yeah, yeah. That went down, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. how much that impact the music that you write and make? Yeah, like, you know, me, I immigrated from, from Ghana when I was, like, four years old. Um, migrated first to Greensboro, North Carolina, then moved to Worcester, Massachusetts. And just, like, you know, traveling around a lot and just kind of, like, being really... Um, like latchkey even as a kid when, you know, like my parents would work all the time. So I was just always the kid who was kind of raised by my other friends. Mm. So, you know what I mean? I grew up with like Haitians, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. So like my upbringing was very mixed and very cultural. So I really got to express myself in different ways. And then growing up in Worcester, I got to really grow up very Ghanaian because it has one of the most highest Ghanaian populations. So I got I got a real cultural experience growing up, and and because of that experience, like it, it influenced the type of records I made. Because mm -hmm. now, looking back on it, I'm like, wow, like I'm really leaning in on the culture that I was raised with. You know what I mean? Like I get, I got reference points that a lot of people wouldn't have just because of the people I grew up with, mm -hmm. and you know, and the friends and the family that I had. So I feel like, yeah, my upbringing was was monumental to kind of like the style and 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 the subject matter that I write about because you know I try to write from a place of experience. I try not to write about stuff I don't know. I try to write, you know, as much stuff as I can, like from things that I've actually done and I've actually said. So that's why it's important for me, like 
with the upbringing that I have to really be mindful of that and just it's just easy to be truthful you know what I mean it's, it's harder to maintain a lie than it is to maintain the truth that's a fact you know yo how much of that like your upbringing and coming here under your circumstances mm -hmm. like how when you started to hang with have American friends and mm -hmm. things like that how much did it it uh plague your mind or like you started to, to look at did you start to look at Americans differently because like you really had it bad and I ain't gonna lie mm -hmm. People over here, like, we always claim, like, we, we yeah. got it bad. We think, <laughs> we think we got it bad. And I was just listening to your story. I'm like, damn, like, nah. Yeah. You really yeah, had different... to persevere through some things. Yeah. Um, I, I think, like, for me growing up, like, I didn't really know how tough I had it until, like, I got older. Mm. And I started realizing, like, oh, I can't drive a car. Or, right. oh, I can't get an apartment in my name. Or I can't. Visa, yeah, like, you know what I mean? So there were certain things that I really couldn't do. And then you start realizing that a lot of those things are the things that make you feel like an adult as you're growing up, you know what I mean? Because when you're 16, that's how you become independent. When you get your license and you're able to get in a car, get and go, you know, or get a job, you know what I mean? And be able to, like, buy your own sneakers. Go play and, soccer, right? Go play so you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, you know, it's, so there's a lot of things where you, like, you realize, like, man, like, those nine numbers mean something. You know what I mean? I couldn't open a bank account. Mm. You know what I mean? So even if I had a little summer job on the side, I couldn't really save the bread. So it was, it was just really interesting to kind of, like, learn – what type of limitations I would have to experience because of these numbers. Mm. So it put a lot of things in perspective for me. But what it also did is it showed me that there's a whole underground society within the United States. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people who are in my situation. There's a lot of people who don't have paperwork. There's a lot of people who got to move kind of under the radar, whether that's because of immigration or because of like their own like, you know, felonies and records and things like that. So like there's a lot of people that I started realizing like, like, you know, the street dudes embraced me because, you know what I mean, because of the fact that they kind of lived in a, in a very underground world as well. So I started I started realizing there was so many, like, dualities, but there are also so many commonalities with me and, like, you know, the homie that was just on a block with a felony and couldn't work and, and couldn't get a job and he couldn't do certain things. And I was like, all right, cool. So I got it and I understood it. So, you know what I mean? But it, it definitely put in perspective for me, like, with, with Americans, I was like, this is such a crazy country because it's all about like what you put in right it's about like how bad you want it so i just realized like even if you want it bad enough like sometimes it's other things that limit you right. you know what i mean but for me like i got lucky you know what i mean i got really blessed because like my work ethic was always kind of something that i always got rewarded for you know what i mean i was just i just know how to put my head down and grind so i never really concerned myself with limitations it's crazy because even like just hearing your story you hear so many like americans are like so judgmental but it's so easy to be judgmental when you're not in that situation. Like mm -hmm. you said, like you you ended up being one of the, not one of the people from the streets, mm -hmm. but almost one of a kind mm -hmm. because oh, one, one like them because mm -hmm. y'all had the same experiences. Mm -hmm. But it's so quick to like, to judge somebody like that. But it's like, bro, you really never know somebody's mm -hmm. situation. But mm -hmm. it's so quick to be like, I would never, or mm -hmm. Man, I could never. Listen. Like you really never know until you're in that situation. And I, and I love, and it made me gain such a respect because you know what I mean? Like growing up, my, my parents are always the ones that, you know, when, you, when you're when you an immigrant, right, your only interpretation of the people around you is, like, the news, television, things like that. So when my parents are watching the news, we know news in America is skewed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like when we're, when we're sitting watching the news, it's like this black kid robbed a store today and this black kid did this and this Spanish kid did this. So immediately, you know what I mean, it's an immigrant coming in and you don't know nobody, know nothing. You're watching the news and you're thinking all black kids are doing this. You know what I mean? So it's like for me really to get the opportunity to just, like, really, you know, chill with these people, talk to these people, grow up with these people. I'm like, man, like, all that stuff they be putting on the news is wild, bro. Yeah. Like, And it's the self stuff. It's just like Instagram. Yeah. Think about it. 
everything that sell it seemed like it it be just bullshit. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna put it on the news so they can get ratings so they can mm-hmm. people can watch it. They're gonna sell these whack ass stories. Mm-hmm. They might give you something positive and but they trying to scare you into watching. Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. And when crazy. I really understood it, I was just like, oh, like all this is just propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like this is all them just selling images. And it's the same thing on the reverse. And like, you know what I mean? Like black Americans have the same idea of like when you see Africans, you're like, oh, they all grow up in huts or they live mm-hmm. in the jungle or they, you know, got animals walking around everywhere. It's like you forget it's billionaires in Africa, yeah, bro. Africa's like, probably one of the most beautiful places bro, in the world. In I haven't even world. been yet. I just see pictures Listen, and videos. Put, put them stamps in your passport, bro. Whenever you're ready, bro. Whenever you ready. That. I need that one for, for real, sure. Man. Yo, nah, it's crazy. So I want I did want to talk to you about this um going back into the, the Beyonce thing, mm-hmm. right? And writing for Beyonce. So the way you explain this writing camp, it sounds like a fucking I'm trying to stop cursing. It sounds like a uh like one of them sweatshops. The way Bruh. the way it's explained. It, it, but it's not it's it's more like it's more like she got the Avengers together. Fact, I mean, yeah, like, I mean you know what I mean? But it's like everybody in one yeah. building writing is like, okay, cool. You write something. Is that good? That's, that's good. Come in the room. That's, that's music camps, bro. Like camps, they'll literally put you in different rooms and it's like, we're going to match you with this producer today. We're going to match you with this writer today. And it's just like, we're, it's like speed dating. That's mm. the better way to describe it. It's like speed dating. It's like, I'm going to get this person to match with this producer and we're going to see how that works. We're going to get this writer to work with this producer, see how that works. And a lot of the times what you realize is like, man, like creativity is about combination, right? It's about collaboration. But it's nice. like, if you got to have the right combination of writers and producers to work together in order to make that work. Because mm. if you don't have that, then it's like, that's how you can't really, you know, find the magic of things. Because like, human beings, like, we're all about energy and frequencies and all that. So it's like, you put the wrong people in the room, you can have the wrong energy and wrong frequencies. Right. You know what I mean? So I got really lucky with that camp because everybody in that camp, like I said, was like one of them. You know what I mean? They were special writers, special yeah, producers. There, like, Psh, you got, it was like, to watch people go in and out. In when, and out. When did Burner Boy drop? Uh, what was the album that had last last one there? Oh, uh, that had to be after 2019. Yeah, it's definitely after 2019. So you you kind of like didn't even know that when he blew up. I would say after when he dropped. But you understand, like being an African, I'm going to the. Oh, pub. you already knew. I already know. Imagine being next to Bur- well, not you. But yeah. Imagine like somebody being next to Burner Boy, not knowing that like that's Burner. Yeah. That's, the, that's what's going to be. Cultivate a whole like yeah. different. Yeah. Damn. And, and he was, and it's like it's it's so interesting now to see what Afrobeats has become. What? Because I was one of those kids that you know I'm I'm going to the African parties, I'm going to the African weddings, I'm going to the African funerals, and they're playing this music. You know what I mean? So I'm hearing the music before any of my friends are really getting it and understanding what it is and what it means to the culture. So like you know what I mean? I'm one of the first people who's sitting there and I'm like, yo, this Afrobeat stuff is coming, and everyone's like. Okay, whatever. Like you know what I mean. But it, to see it become what it is now, I'm like, okay. It's no. It's it's almost like unfathomable, or even just I can't even find a word to think about it because Afrobeat really might be my favorite genre of music right now. Cause you know what it is. It's the happiest genre. Mm, it's it's that. happy, bro. It's a vibe. And everything else is just like everything is toxic. Like even when you look at like R and B, for example, right? And you look at like artists. Like there's a lot of like toxicity. Everybody talking about you know my man cheated or i'm about to go run up on this shorty and like it's like everything's about like either the sexualization or this toxic nature of relationships but like afrobeats are still talking about love but um, uh, if you know what they say it'd be a lot of they be talking about a lot of bullshit too, too. But, it but it still it good. feels good you know what i mean like it feels <laughs> it good because at the end of the day you want like people want to be happy facts that's but that's crazy how like 
you're right because they could be talking about the most the most gangster shit. Mm-hmm. But it still just sound like just, a vibe. Like, just, I don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> it just sound like a vibe. Like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, rhythm is, is just, tempo and rhythm is an amazing thing. That's a fact, bro. I mean, this might sound like the most cliche question ever, yeah. but like, we always, we heard Biggie say like, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, what was it? Rapping the hard, the hard, never thought the hip hop would make it this far. far. Would you ever think that like, Afro beats will make it yeah. this far? Nah, nah, not like this. That's not, it's I like insane. selling out arenas and 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 that kind stadiums. of like stadiums. Stadiums, <laughs> and it's like it's, Beyonce. Type yeah, vibes. and it's and it's. But I knew that the music could do that. Mm. I didn't know what the artist would look like. I didn't know what kind of person they would take. But I knew that the music was that big. I can see that. I always knew that. You know, so it's special. It's special. So where are you at with it now? Are you still? Because first of all, first of all, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Cause you wrote for so many other people, yeah. Other than Beyonce, mm-hmm. uh, Jadenda. Yeah, I wrote for Jadenda, Akon, Mr. Probs, BB Rexa, Tiwa Savage, Davido. Did this come after the Beyonce? Nah, this was all before. Yeah, Damn. you know what I mean. So, so you've like, been him for. I've been just, I just been plugging. You know what I mean? Like for me, like it was just, is I'm always the type of person where it's like I always put it in basketball terms, right? I can't, I can't drop eighty on you if I don't take. 80 shots like you know what I mean like I gotta keep shooting mm-hmm. so for me like I'm never in a place where I'm not shooting I'm like even as an artist now I'm still shooting but you was young bro like how did you even get into that like I, before you even get to Beyonce right like how yeah. did you even get to writing for all these other artists honestly God lining it up you know what I mean like cause I had a I had a friend um, from the city I'm from Worcester and um, he was like one of the biggest producers in our city. And he moved to LA to kind of, you know, cut his teeth in LA and try to figure it out. And I remember we were um, working on a friend of mine's album named Sam James. Um, and, you know, we really was just like, we're halfway through the album, we're wrapping it up. And then when we get to finish the album, literally 24 hours after we finished the album, he gets signed to, you know, to Sony. Like literally, I, I go to sleep, I wake up, and the man signed to Sony, and it was just like, oh, this is how quick this happens. So as soon as that happened, I took that situation, and I went and got a publishing deal with, with Primary Wave and, and BMG. And that publishing deal really started putting me in writing rooms. Mm-hmm. Really started, like, you know, I, I moved to New York for a couple months, then moved to L.A. for a couple months, and I was just really, you know, doing any and every session because, you know, like my daddy told me, like, at the end of the day, even if a man is richer than you, more talented than you, like, you work harder, work harder than, than that. You know what I mean? Show. So, like, there's few people that could really, like, in my mind, outwork me. Like, I was doing, like, three sessions a day. I was doing, like, 18, 19, 20 hours in the studio. You had to get burned out. Yeah. like, yeah. But, but you know what I mean? But, like, I feel like I burnt out at the right time. Meaning, like, you know what I mean? I had a, I had a daughter in 2016. So, when I had my daughter, it was, like, shut it down. Mm. You know? So, but it was the perfect time for me to shut it down because things were starting to slow down for me. And then I really started realizing, like, yo, the only way I'm going to be able to stay relevant and still chase this dream is I got to figure out a way to record from the crib. Because at that point, I was just going into studio sessions. So, I, you know, I had the blessing of being able to go into these really, you know, major historical studios that everybody been working out of in L.A. So when I got home, I was like, yo, there's no studio like that here in the crib. There's no engineers like that. Like, so for me, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to have to teach myself how to record. So then I spent the next year literally teaching myself how to record. I bought a computer, bought a mic, bought an interface. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. And... You know, lo and behold, that that year and a half, almost two years, really turned into what ended up being the records that I sent to the Beyonce camp to kind of be mm. like, you know, this is what I could do. 
You know, so like like I said, everything kind of lines itself up the way it's supposed to. Bro, they say, you know, success is when preparation meets opportunity. 100%. And those two years was the preparation time. 100%. And even the fact that like, it's like, you really are an inspiration. Again, I've never even been to Massachusetts, mm-hmm. but I don't hear too much coming out of there. <laughs> yeah. um, except for like the Celtics and I mean. Yeah, the Patriots. The and, Patriots yeah. is like close to up there, right? So mm-hmm. I was going to say, when it comes to music, and artists, I don't hear too much coming out of that. The only the only artists from from my city, like my city specifically, because you know Boston's a whole different arena. But is uh, is me and Jordan Lucas? Mm. Yeah, I didn't even know Jordan Lucas was from. Yeah, from yeah. But the fact that you and him too, because he's definitely putting on. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can sit here and say like, man, I'm from Massachusetts. I wrote for Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I wrote for Akon. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. It gotta be like, man, that's kind of like a badge of honor. And yeah. yesterday, they gotta salute you differently. Yeah, like, like the crazy thing about my city was, and I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna love my city for this. Is like, my city helped me up. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like I have a line in one of my songs where I'm like, like even if I never made it, they'll still tell everybody that I was the goat. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Because they're the ones that that gave me that. They're the ones that told me I was good. They were, they're the ones that gave me the pat on the back. Because there's times as a writer, as a creator, where you're like. Am I crazy? Am I really? Yes. Am I really? You know, what I mean, doing this right? Am I going the right way? And they never let me fall. Like, but I mean, to be honest, speaking to that point, not to cut you off, you, you gotta. I feel like as an artist, as a good artist, mm-hmm. you gotta have some type of insanity, of in course. You, right? Because it's like, who, bro? There's things we do, all of us, like the things we do on a con- constant basis. Getting no money, you gotta be some type of retarded. Like, <laughs> it's gam- it, I always say, I always tell people it's like it's like gambling in Vegas, right? It's like you think about somebody who really religiously gambles in Vegas. Like you're gonna lose a lot more than you win, mm. but just that fact that you could win is all you need to keep gambling. On, you know what I mean? So for right. me, like I've I've just always gambled. I've always, but I I always try to be smart with my gambles. I just try to. My goal is like never go home. Mm. Right, that's that's the thing. Just don't go home. Don't right. quit. Don't stop. And if you keep shooting, at some point, bro, you gonna hit one. One come in. You know what I mean? It's crazy because, like, even like when I was in college, I played or whatever. And, um, Who'd you play? Uh, Q. Okay. So okay. like, one. It's funny, like coming out of it, like ten years now. But I always would tell people, like, man, the hardest thing is just to come back. Right. Yeah. Like the night is. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard, but like that ain't like the hardest thing is to come back because it's mental. Mm-hmm. But once like, you in it, you might as well stay there. Mm-hmm. Same with everything. Like, bro, the hardest thing is just to keep going. Mm-hmm. But just keep going. Mm-hmm. It sounds so cliche or crazy, but it's, but it's like, bro, it's are truth. we here now? Like, don't focus on, like, I think people focus on the destination when you should focus on the road. Like, mm. just, like, I've, I've just been taught, you know, close your eyes and just and just push. Like, literally close your eyes and push and everything else will just come. Facts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my father has this quote where he says, you know, he who climbs well deserves a push. Mm. And the whole meaning behind it is like, yo, if you just climb well, if you just, you know, bust your ass, work hard, somebody else will be there to bless you. God will be there to pull up. You know? Yo, I've heard people say, um, you know, blessed and a little bit of luck sometimes mm-hmm. when they talk about that journey. Mm-hmm. And it, it, when you said that, the first thing that came to my mind because it's like, that, that's what happens when mm-hmm. you put in that work. You gonna stumble on something, mm-hmm. right? You like There's you said, no you, you shoot hundred <laughs> free throws. You gonna hit one. You gonna hit at least one. Damn, but all right. So speaking of this badge of honor, right? Yeah, that's from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. But now we talk about Ghana, mm-hmm. and even like 
you moved to Liberia at one point? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when I first was, when I was a kid, my family moved to Liberia, Monrovia, and then the Civil War breaks out in Liberia, yeah. and that's what made my family immigrate to the U.S. Like, bro, yeah, it's crazy. like, it's wild now. But even, like, just Africa as a whole, right? Yeah. That got to be, like, a, a badger on it, like, a, a burden on your mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm. almost like, man, I'm putting on for, okay, Massachusetts is a state. Mm-hmm. I'm putting on for a whole continent. Mm-hmm. I said it right, right? The whole country. Country, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm putting on for a whole country. Mm-hmm. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, you know what it is for we me? We ain't gonna like... bleep that out either. <laughs> y'all got it. Y'all got it. You clip it up. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got it. But for me, like it's it, the reason why it's important is because I know what um I know what I'm coming from, right? So I know there's also a group of Ghanaian kids or a population of Ghanaian kids that are looking at me and being like and, and able to tell their parents. I don't have to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer to be successful. There's other routes to success. And for me, that was always the most important part was to show people that it's not necessarily about what you do, it's how you do it. Mm. So it's never been about being the doctor, being the lawyer, it's just being the work ethic, being the workhorse. Like, really, no matter what you do, if you outwork anybody, like, at the end of the day, you're going to be at the top of it. Now, you could say that, though, but you know, your parents... They gonna hate that, and their parents. No, they, they, they my, want you to be doctors. And, they did. I know Africans they did like, until, <laughs> until I was able to prove my theory. Facts. You feel what I'm saying? Because don't get me wrong. Like, my, listen, my middle sister is an accountant. My other sister just received her PhD. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. So it's there. It's there. You know what I mean. But for me, like it was the the agreement that my me and my parents had was like, yo, go to school. You know what I mean. Get your you know get your degrees. But if this is what you want to chase, just know that your degrees is your plan B. Mm-hmm. And I always went into it like, I right, I'm gonna do this for my folks. But at the same time, like. There is no plan B for me. Like, yeah, that's cool. I got the degree, but it's like, this is what I really want to do. So when I really got into the music and really started, you know, working for it, I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I must approach this like I have no plan B. Mm. I have to approach this like this is all I got. And it and it was like it was tough. Don't get me wrong. Like this, there's moments when I was just broke. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm talking like really, you know, broke. Like I was homeless in L.A. for a while. Like you know what I mean? Like I fought for everything. Like everything that I ever got was, you know was for a reason and, and for me like being where I am now I'm still hungry like I still there's still something else that I want like I'm not at the place that I feel like I'm supposed to be at so when I get there you know maybe then I can kind of sit back but for now like I'm on it you know what I mean when you dropping music now what uh, was your last so the, the latest project is uh Ghana Must Go which is the EP that I just dropped mm-hmm. um under Warner um the first you know first EP um and it's 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 you know it's dope it's dope it's like it's a great feeling to really finally be able to share art and share musical people mm. you know because I don't you know you don't get that opportunity often you know not on this type of scale no facts and I especially like I feel like a lot of writers don't get the credit they deserve mm-hmm. and then when they do start getting the credit from the masses mm-hmm. I feel like this is how I look at it I feel like if you into music you know good writers mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but what happens is like they start making music let's say I don't know like. Neo, mm-hmm. right? When he started making music, everybody that knew, knew music, they was like, "Oh, that's Neo." Mm-hmm. But like for me and the, mm-hmm. the rest of the people, we're like, "Oh, this nigga dope." Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, "Bro, you ain't know him." So yeah. I feel like same thing with Bruno Mars. Yeah, it's like you when, you, when you when you when you a writer, like the people stamp you, but it ain't really until you get that that worldwide mm-hmm. stamp that it feels feels like something. Mm-hmm. So I can see how it could still feel like you got a chip on your shoulder, even though, I mean, you wrote for Jadena, Akon. Fucking Beyonce, T. W. Savage. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just crazy, but it still gotta feel like man. Uh, because you don't know me, right? You know what I mean. You know my music, but you don't know me. Right. So for me, it's always gonna be this chip, this thing. Because even like I'm, and I'm always good at moving the goalpost, right? Like mm-hmm. even when I get there, I'm still gonna find something else to be like, 
I need that. Nice. You know what I mean? So that's how I'm always going to be. And like my over, like I always told people, like people are like, what's your goal in life? And I'm like, I kind of want to be an EGOT. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to have the Emmy. I want to have a Grammy. I want to have an Oscar. I want to have a Tony because I want to be one of the only African born, you know what I mean? People to be able to pull that off mm-hmm. and to be able to look back and be like, yo, I did it for all levels of entertainment. Like it wasn't just me singing songs. It wasn't just me acting. It's all of it. You know what I mean? And once I get to that point, then I'm like, all right, cool. What's, uh, I never do this, but I just think it's just I'm compelled to do it this time. You're good. What's one piece of advice would you give to, like, young writers coming up? Hmm. If you're writing for yourself, put yourself into it. Meaning, like, write about you. Mm. Like, do not be, don't, never think, the thing that I think that happens with writers is we write for the listener. We don't necessarily write our self into the records. So I always tell people, like, there is nobody who has your experiences, your life, your memories. Like, there's a reason why you live the way you live, why you went the way you went. Write about yours. Mm. Because at the end of the day, there's somebody else who feels that way. They might not have lived it, but they feel that way. So be mindful of that because I feel like a lot of times as writers, we we want to just tell a story that feels familiar. We want to tell a story that, you know, somebody else might have lived. I'm like, nah, live yours, mm-hmm. write yours. So as writers, like, do that. And honestly, just don't stop. It's going to get weird. It's going to get hard. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get impossible. Just don't stop. Oh, I rock with it, bro. I appreciate the conversation. This is good, man. man I appreciate For the people you, that man. don't know, let them know how to follow you, how to connect with you and all that. I try to keep it simple. You know what I mean? All socials is uh, Lord Africana. That's L-O-R-D-A-F-R-I-X-A-N-A. And, um, yeah, you know, hit me up. Talk to me. I'll talk back. You know what I mean? I'm not one of those guys. You know what I mean? I like to interact with people. I like to chop it up. So, you know, check out the EP, Ghana Must Go, and let me know what y'all think. This is good, man. J-Hill, J-Hill Podcast is right. We out. Yes, sir. That was fun, bro. I appreciate, appreciate you, it, man. I appreciate you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Yo, this episode is sponsored by The Morning Meetup. Man, shout out to my guy, David Shines, man. He's probably one of the few people I know who actually built multiple multi-million dollar businesses, right? He created The Morning Meetup to help other entrepreneurs do the same thing. Now, listen, as an entrepreneur myself, I know how hard it can get, especially when we start making money and we get to like this financial cap that we can't get past. And honestly, let's be real. They say it ain't what you know, it's who you know. We probably can't get past this cap because we either, one, outgrew the people around us, or two, we just being lazy and weighing in the rooms we need to be in. It's just plain and simple. But trust me, this is your time because the morning meetup is that room we got to be in. It's filled with, filled with entrepreneurs getting to it. They reading different books every month, right? They holding each other accountable. And it's just honestly just something dope to be a part of. So listen, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get to this bag, you're trying to flourish more than you've been flourishing now... You got to go to the morningmeetup.com. That's www.themorningmeetup.com and join now. Let's get to it. I'll see you there.